0: Welcome back to Engage, everyone. This is Josue David, hosting with Cade Jones, and our guest today is the executive director of Sunshine House Winnipeg, Levi Foy. Sunshine House is a drop-in and resource center focused on harm reduction, and they're located on Logan Ave. They host a variety of community events and fundraisers, and they've also recently begun hosting COVID-19 vaccination clinics. How are you doing today? I am fine. How are you, too? Doing great, doing great.
1: Yeah, I'm doing great myself. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. This is great. So you are the executive director of Sunshine House, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: So how long has that been the case?
2: So I started at Sunshine House in 2014, and I was part of a research project for like eight months. Then we started the Like That project, which is a drop-in program for 2SLGBTQ plus people in Winnipeg. And I was a part-time program coordinator for that for, I don't know, up until... I took the job here, and I'm in my third year now as the executive director.
0: Sweet. So you've been there for quite some time, and you've been able to see what it's like working there. You were able to see the shift from working there pre-pandemic and and during the pandemic then, correct? That is correct. And what was that experience like?
2: It's really like... I don't know if I have a word in my vocabulary that would capture what it was like. I think hasty is, is like a good word. Um, yeah. It happened so fast and it also didn't need to happen so fast. So we kind of dropped the ball knowing that this was going to come. And by we, I mean us here at Sunshine House and then at public health counterparts. We, I don't think we did enough to prepare for the seriousness of what it was, of what COVID-19 was going to look like. And the amount of time it was gonna take and what it was gonna look like. So it was really fast. I'll just tell you what, what happened. So we got the, like March 13th, March 14th, it was announced that there was like, the, I think that was the first cases in Manitoba. And that's when the world changed here. And then we got a call the next day from one of our funding agencies, the Winnipeg Foundation. And they said that they were gonna give us a little bit of money to kind of get us through this, this initial hump. And so we're always underfunded organization, like historically, we, we, we hustle a lot to get the money that we get. And so we get those calls, you're like, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to see you know, this money. And we went to the community and we're like, what do you want to do? And they were like, we don't know yet. Like, we don't know what this is going to look like. But then within a week, they were like, we're going to need food and we're going to need a place to stay open. So we need you to stay open and we need you to just give us some food. So then that's what we focused on. We just focused on being able to stay open through the pandemic and providing people with just basic needs and a place just to go when, when they needed a place to go because there's, there's so many people who use services like sunshine house or other organizations and so many different organizations had to shut down for their own reasons and not all of those reasons are valid and i don't criticize anyone for making decisions that they had to make about and so that's what we had to do we just we really shifted gears from being like a fun casual hangout spot to being like okay shit now we're a service provider what do we do let's figure this out together
0: right that sounds pretty intense and the nature of sunshine house you're on logan Ave, right?
2: Yeah, Logan and Sherbrooke.
0: Okay. And that's the permanent location? Like it, it wasn't uh
2: No, we own this building. We've owned it since 2008. So this is our building. We get to destroy it however we want. Sweet.
0: So spending such amount of time there, I was curious if you could touch on your personal thoughts on what impacts have been made, how you personally have seen the community being impacted by the events and everything that Sunshine House has been doing.
2: I don't want to... I don't know if I can speak to... Our impacts on the community because I don't know it comes from a very kind of imbalanced space because I'm a human but I'm also getting paid to be here and part of my job is really selling myself and selling the work that we do uh, so I can't in good faith say that our impact has been really great that's up to the community for us right what I will say though however is that we just in basic numbers and in basic relationships that we have with people at the start of the pandemic we were really we were only open three days a week. We're now open five days a week we typically had about 200 visits a week in all four of our primary programs at the beginning of the pandemic. Like now, <laughs> or 200 people, like a, 200 visits a month. And now we're seeing like 900 people a month. Some months it's like a thousand people or a thousand visits. And one of the biggest things that I think that we're where we made inroads over the pandemic is that ourselves and Rossbrook House and Central Neighborhoods, we're kind of the only folks who are located in this neighborhood. And within this neighborhood, there's a ton of people who are living in absolute homelessness, who are living in who are precariously housed or maybe sharing spaces with other folks or living in rooming houses or just, just kind of, you know, really just communal living to get by. And a lot of the folks that we see now are people like that, where before we just, we didn't have that kind of same relationship directly with the neighborhood that we have now. So, and I think that's a testament to our impact. And I can say that with confidence.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: I have a studio I visit out just on Sherbrooke couple blocks from Sunshine House and I visited a couple times and yeah definitely you've spoken on and it's something that I'm keen to knowing how needed these supports are within the community you've been working there since 2014 and they've been in operation for a while what does something like working at Sunshine House mean to you like what keeps you coming back because I can tell you're very passionate with how you speak about these things and just the way that you're engaging right now you're very passionate about this place and you know so I'm just wondering what keeps you working at a place like this
2: so I'm a millennial. <laughs> I came into working as a person at 13 years old. I'm a later millennial. And in that time, I always knew that I wasn't going to be like my parents. I wasn't going to break my back and I wasn't going to break my body and destroy personal relationships just to get a paycheck and to be unrecognizable to know that 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 a lot of the times that kind of labor isn't recognized and, and it isn't worthwhile in, in the long run. That being said, I've been at Sunshine, but Sunshine House is the longest place I've ever been employed. Even the three years or going into three years, this is the, the, the longest job that I've, I've had for, a, for my entire working life. And the reason why I stay here and the reason why I come here is because every day is different, but we also, there's, working in an organization with so much uncertainty, there's also a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of room to be flexible and there's a lot of room to be creative and to really challenge yourself. And one of the things, of course, the biggest thing that brings me back here every day is I get to work with some of the coolest, most resourceful, most intelligent people on a daily basis. And it's just so, and it's really, really incredible. I mean, not only the community members that come here and visit the space and share their gifts with us on a daily basis and tell us how to do our jobs better and just come up with the best ideas for programs, like that community is awesome, but also my staff, like the staff that I work with and the people who volunteer here, the people who want to become involved with Sunshine House are just like the most incredible people that I wasn't born into. <laughs> so, like, my family is awesome, but these people are also really awesome. So, that's what keeps me, and that's what also keeps me passionate.
1: That's such a great answer. The people that are involved in that space, I know for sure will just totally share that perspective.
0: Looking back, and it doesn't have to necessarily be one, but are there any particular days or moments that stand out with your history there as very significant or impactful to yourself?
2: Yeah, there's, there's lots. That's the other thing, because prior to the pandemic, what we do at Sunshine House is weird shit. That is our bread and butter, like being weird. And being just, <laughs> just just doing dumb things together is, is like really what makes things so fun here. But there's been a lot of days where you walk away and you're like, you come back to it and you're like, wow, that was really, really powerful. And a lot of the times that comes through things that we think as being mundane. So when we first started the like that program, we started that program because in the research project, we realized that there was a lot of people, a lot of two S LGBTQ people in the city who were not really feeling comfortable in other spaces. Winnipeg has the Rainbow Resource Center and they've always been kind of the go-to queer space in the city. And then there's been like clinics and there's bars and stuff, but there wasn't really a lot of opportunity for people in this neighborhood or people who were, they didn't really feel comfortable. So we brought a lot of folks together at that table and we just decided like, hey, let's, this will be encountered and we're going to try to, we're going to make this little program and we're going to do it. And so we invited lots of folks like QPOC Winnipeg and Rainbow Resource Center and then there was some folks who were in the homelessness sector and some folks who were in education and social workers and, and of course community members. And they're like, yeah, go for it. So then a few months later, we're, um, we're at this, we're just sitting around and we're planning like a, us, um, just some dumb activity and there's everyone who was kind of coming that night was already there. And I was like, well, let's, why don't we just, we were going to paint styrofoam heads and we and we were going to paint the styrofoam heads as drag queens or however we wanted to paint them. And we ran out of styrofoam heads. So we we're like, why don't we just go to, go to Value Village right now and go buy some. And so like, we had like a little bit of money and all of us queer people, we just hopped in a van and we hopped in a station wagon and we drove to Value Village. And we were, we just ransacked that place for an hour and came back to Sunshine House and it was just like super fun and but it was also just like a thing that you do with your friends or with your family with your peers like you get to just do those types of things and when we came back one of the older participants he was visibly emotional and he said I never ever dreamed in my whole life that I would get an opportunity to do that and I was like go shopping. He was like, no, no, don't be obtuse. to, to go and just turn a place, make a place so queer just for a moment and just be at home in that space. I never thought in my life. And you know, that really, that one always took me because that's a thing I take advantage of all the time. I'm a pretty young person, I'm very tall, I'm white passing but I also have always had a support network so doing a thing like going shopping or riding the bus or going to a clinic or whatever I know that there's inherent risks to do that because of my queerness but I also know that I always have a support network to fall back on if something were to happen to me and things have happened to me I've been assaulted I've been mugged I've been called names I've been harassed that kind of stuff but I'm knowing I always had a support network and then being able to turn that around and be somebody else's support network in just something like shopping was just like, okay, wow, we're doing some pretty cool shit here and this is really neat. So that was like the first time, that was like the moment, the real moment I fell in love with what we were doing.
0: That's so awesome. That's an amazing story. Moving forward as the city seems to open up a bit, are you looking to start anything specific that you haven't yet been able to due to the restrictions?
2: Yeah, we're like really, really excited to have people back in our space and doing fun things again, like, you know, being able to sit down and eat with your peers and then just sit around and like sing karaoke or paint together or do puzzles together and to share spaces and to be intimate with one another in in that kind of non-platonic love, loving is really, really important. for the last like I guess we're going on 18 months now we haven't been able to do that and even if we did have brief moments like last summer where we could just like the virus was pretty low in our population there were several days where we were at one uh, less than 10 cases and so like we could be a little bit more relaxed and just have fun together in those moments but that's just something that we haven't been able to do so really looking forward to fall and if vaccination uptake maintains current rates, like being able to get into a van and go medicine picking or being able to just go out to out on the land for a day or just like go shopping or come together and do like a weird activity in the house, like sing karaoke, like all of those things, we're all missing, like the community misses it, the staff misses it, everyone, like we all miss it. So like, that's the biggest thing. We're just looking for that kind of being able to be vulnerable with one another again.
1: Definitely same here. I want to get out into the community and I'm sure that there's just so much that you guys were used to doing that it's just coming up right away. I feel like right around the corner where we can get those big community engagements back. You were speaking a bit on, you guys are just huge advocates for the LGBTQ space, um, drag spaces, you know, you guys hold, you had like a telethon a month or two ago raising money. So these things are super incredible. You guys are really good at erasing barriers in this sense. And I'm wondering, COVID 19 aside, what are some barriers that a company like yours does face if there are barriers? Money. <laughs>
2: what we want is. Blank check, uh, but in seriousness, there's um there's a lot to really go through in that question, and I, I like it. The, the biggest thing, like if if our dreams are always hindered by resources, that doesn't make them impossible. It just makes them a little bit more challenging. So always being being able to have resources, whether that be money or whether that be just even physical resources is always really, really beneficial. And then I also think, like, if we're thinking about barriers as an organization, one of the things that we have a lot of conversations on internally is looking at, I know on the outside, it looks like Sunshine House is super great at erasing barriers, and and I'm glad that we're able to convey that, but that doesn't absolve us of our own responsibility that we have to be better to one another and to be better with the community that we live with. So really ensuring that Sunshine House from top to bottom addresses some of the barriers that people still might have with us and looking at the ways and really interrogating the ways that we engage with um, things like white supremacy or how have we benefited from colonialism? Like we're an, a non-Indigenous organization, like we're Indigenous-led and there's lots of queer people involved in all of this, but we're still bound to certain structures that require us to replicate things that are very damaging and very harmful to people. Um, so how do we so really, constantly keeping ourselves aware of our own biases, the way that we privilege certain types of knowledges and certain types of experiences, and then addressing that, and then making sure that that we do that in a, in, a, in as good a way as possible. We're never going to be perfect, but just knowing that we can be better, I think that's one of the best ways that we can. Be.
1: Yeah, here you're there for sure, and it's something that I think all of us are part of. Just learning, learning and unlearning is a big part of the process on how we can move forward and better engage with our community, better dismantle and heal heal a lot of these things in the community. So that perspective, I'm very glad to hear, and I'm sure that people listening to this as well can take away from that, and we'll be glad to hear that. And you know, if anybody is listening that has a bunch of blank checks to throw around, please, please just like throw it all to them.
2: Straight up. Maybe maybe put our name on it so that we can actually cast
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anonymous billionaires aside, is there any way that the average listener that we uh, would have on our show um, might be able to support direct donation link or maybe drop off anything?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like we, we still, we obviously always accept private donations donations from community members. That's a really big reason why we're like community support from people who have, who just throw us like $5 a month or whatever that might be, um, is one of the ways that we're able to be what we're able to be because it gives us freedom and getting $10,000 from the community is so much better than getting $15,000 from the government because with community money, our responsibility is to the community and ensuring that we're meeting that people's needs that way. To the government, you're usually bound to like very specific agreements that require a lot of different Right. So sometimes altering the things that you don't want to do. Anyways, you can donate to us like on our webpage. There's a donate page. So there's multiple different ways you can do it. You can do it through Canada Helps. You can send money directly, and then you can there's there's that. If people, I know that a lot of times, not a lot of us have a lot of money that we can throw to all of the things that we want to throw money at. We do also have um, if you pay attention to our social media. Our Instagram is pretty active. Our Facebook is active as well. We'll often put call outs for like material supplies. We're Constantly, always in need of like kind of masculine clothing, masculine socks, um, shoes, men's shoes, that kind of stuff. Uh, menstrual products are always a big thing because those are things that we have to purchase out of our, our out of our budget. And then, of course, like right now, even if it's not Sunshine House, if it's another organization in the neighborhood or wherever you live, getting people water, getting people uh, new socks and new clothes is just like a huge, huge thing that you can do for people because with with not a lot of city spaces open, and with um, because of capitalism and the way businesses are structured, not a lot of people have the can go. They'll go many, many blocks without having the opportunity to have a sip of water. So making sure that places like ours or Women's Center, like the West Central Women's Center, SNA, or Main Street Project and all of these folks, North End Women's Center, making sure that they have lots of water to give out, Bear Clan, Thunderbirds, all these people is really, really key because so many people die in in hot weather that we just, that just goes unreported. So, but yeah, just pay attention to our social media and we'll always have calls out or we'll share our partner agency call out and stuff like that.
0: So. All right. Well, you heard it here if uh, anyone's able to help out by any means please do it because these these folks are doing some amazing work and they're really helping out our community so anyone who's able to and and uh, feels so compelled you just heard it is there any specific event or anything planned with sunshine house in the near future that you'd like to plug i wish i was that organized No, I know that now that things are opening up we're
2: starting to get some requests come through for we do have kind of a fleet of drag queens who um who have come through or like that program and have been like essential to maintaining that program's operation through their fundraising effort and so a lot of the times people will get will get requests and we'll connect people to different types of events so I know that there's different types of events coming up drag related next Tuesday there's actually uh somebody who's been involved with Sunshine House uh for their entire lives they're hosting a fundraiser and excuse it's the taco fundraiser so you can purchase some tacos there'll be some entertainment there I think it's three for eleven and one for 499 so that's an excuse you can find all the information on our instagram page and then like coming up in the future we'll probably have another virtual bingo or virtual drag bingo or something like that and we had our first pop-up clinic yesterday and it was a lot of fun and super great. So we'll probably have another one in August to get people second doses. So they'll be back, but no real, real major events coming up. Just lots of little things happening here and there that are kind of ease us back into being social creatures again.
1: Very nice, very awesome. We're excited to see. I you know that everybody in the community is excited to see. I'm excited to get back out there and just really get into the full swing. I know that some of these things just created a little bit of a uh, extra work on our shoulders. So ready to get back into it. and yeah, it's been it's been really exciting having you here and hearing these perspectives. I think that that's been really valuable to hear. So thank you so much.
2: Yeah, no worries, I'm glad I could. I'm like so exhausted, my brain doesn't work at all. So I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to find something useful in this conversation.
0: Yeah, right, no, this was great. Genuinely, this has been awesome. This. Yeah, I didn't get that from you at all. So this has been super great. So just one thing we do like to do on this show, being that it will air on UMFM once, and then it'll be archived on the internet. Would you like to pick the song that will follow it when it does air on the radio? Why don't you play Cade's latest song? Sweet, let's do it. Which wait, well, which one? Because uh, a-
2: my brain doesn't work, and I'm not super up to date on things, so I don't really know. Like the the latest, the latest, latest one, the last one. You've watched. <laughs>
0: you, well, it was a, it was an EP. It was an EP. We'll put the we'll pull out. Uh... <laughs> hey,
2: so I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. The only time I ever listen to the radio is I, when I'm driving the van, and it's CBC. So whatever CBC would have played, I think it was when Leonard was hosting. I'm just, Up to speed. Okay, Um, sweet.
1: Okay, sweet.
2: So that one was good. I liked it. Uh, And then anytime I'm listening to anything, it's like really old Spanish music or podcast. <laughs> dope. Dope. Sweet. We'll, we'll, Thank we'll you
0: started. so much. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been Engage. I'm Josue David here, hosting with Kate Jones. And we just had the pleasure of speaking with Levi Foy of Sunshine House, Winnipeg. Thank you so much for your time today.
2: No worries. Uh, I'm glad. Like, this was fun. Way easier than a lot of interviews that I had. I hope you, you enjoy
0: it. I definitely did. I'm okay. glad to hear that. <laughs>